It is time, hallelujah, to hear the word of the Lord. Look at your neighbor and say, it is time. This is not the time to pack them up and move them out, as my dad used to say, you know, when it was time to go somewhere. We're not going anywhere until you've heard the word. Hallelujah. Look at someone and say, I got to hear the word. But then you got to take it a step further than that and just not hear it. Okay, because then you get to do it. Hallelujah. So look at someone else and say, let's do the word. Okay. Hallelujah. That's, that's what God's word tells us. Hallelujah. You know, I wanted to make sure that everyone knows we have a church library. Here's two of those books, uh, Bait of Satan by John Bevere and When the Fire Fell by William Seymour. And so uh, uh, these kind of books are available at the church library over there in the corner. And if you're interested, just get a hold of Brad, myself, and let us know that, hey, I'd like to read one of those books. Amen? Hallelujah. In addition, this Wednesday, everyone say this Wednesday, we're going to start a series, a five-week series, uh, regarding uh, the book of Genesis. Everyone say the book of Genesis. And uh, it's uh, going to be a, a short video, followed, of course, by a, a discussion. And it's going to cover five different arenas. Not going to go through the whole book. We're just going to spotlight five different areas. And then we're going to discuss it. And it comes from Hillsdale College, a very amazing college that's in our nation. It's very uh, traditional and uh, classical. And uh, there will be a, one of those professors that will teach it. Uh, and he's actually an English professor. So he'll have a slightly different slant on, on the uh, uh, book of Genesis that maybe you've not considered before. So consider coming on Wednesdays. It's not deep theology. It is theological, but taken from a slightly different perspective. And we invite you to come. 645 for those little snackos, okay, and maybe drinkos. And then uh, we'll have the meeting starting at 7 o'clock, okay? I know that uh, food can sometimes bring a few extra people. You know how that is, okay? Uh, yeah. And so, uh, without any further uh, ado, I'm going to go ahead and uh, have us get started. Amen? Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, what did you come for? So, tell them. Tell them why you came. For those of you who don't know, my name is uh, Mr. Kelly Mark Hancock. Yeah, I give my whole name. And uh, I'm not afraid to do that. And I am 60 years old, exactly 60. I've never been in the 60s before, okay? And so I'm finding out it's just about like the 50s, okay? In the 40s, I mean, I didn't change anything. You know, I just am still me. And God is still good, and he's faithful, and, and he continues to do mighty works on the inside. And, and then I get to share that. Hallelujah. He gets all the glory, and as Pastor Dan says, and we get all the fun. Hallelujah. Who's your daddy? What about those Sooners? What about those Cowboys? I don't know about Tulsa. I didn't get their score. So I don't know. Did they win? Oh, wow. How? We got 3-0. and oh. I don't know about all the minor little schools in, in Oklahoma. Okay, but the three major schools uh, did their thing. Look at your neighbor and say they did their thing. Okay, which is to, I guess, win a football game. Okay, I, I, I can hardly imagine why by the time they get to the, the uh, professional uh, side, you know, that they get paid you know, $4.5 million, you know, every game that they play, you know, to take a, uh, a, a piece of leather with some air in it and run. <laughs> and 
and cross a line. <laughs> and, and, and I was the one who taught them, okay? <laughs> and I don't quite get that much, okay? <laughs> I taught them how to think. <laughs> I'm a school teacher, love to teach. All of what I've taught since 1988. I teach elementary kids, but now I'm teaching middle school kids. It's one of those things where I, I uh, said when I first started teaching, I will never teach middle school or junior high. Guess what I'm teaching now? Middle school and junior high, okay? And you know, it's, it's pretty awesome, okay? And, and they can carry on a better conversation sometimes. And, uh, and, it, and uh, they learn and, and uh, they begin to actually process a little bit deeper than, than they did before. Uh, although this year I'm beginning to wonder on a few of them. So uh, anyway, uh, who's your daddy? Okay, and, and we know that who's your daddy, there are all kinds of things that uh, we could go with that phrase. And there are a lot of connotations, okay, regarding uh, who's your daddy. But what I wanted to do today was to let us know most of those meanings nowadays or in contemporary have to deal with dominance over, okay, or some kind of, uh, it's a legacy that I'm at the top and you're not, okay, and so who's your daddy? Uh, in this particular uh, message that I'm going to give, I want us to focus on the daddy part that means anything or anybody that has decisive influence over your thoughts, or over your actions, or over your talk, your conversation, over your future, over your responses, etc. So that's what I'm talking about when I say, who's your daddy? Who's the one who uh, kind of has the final say-so in everything about a subject or about your life? Okay, look at your neighbor and say, okay. Oh, I said, tell someone, okay. Yeah, I'm a school teacher, and you know I do like response, okay? And so, uh, with that thought in mind, let's pray. Father, as we begin, I, I pray that we are drawn by what your Holy Spirit is doing. And it's not by what a critical spirit we get to share. It's, it's uh, that, Father, that we're going to be on the edge of our seat with anticipation. And we're not going to be suspicious or in doubt about things. Father, uh, we're going to be bringing our note-taking supplies. And we're going to have teachable hearts, Father. And we're not going to wander in our minds and have stubborn hearts and push back on what the Word has to say. Father, position us to draw upon the anointing of this message and to receive all that you have for us, Father. I thank you for fertile hearts. I thank you that the word will go forth with power, with purpose, hallelujah, with clarity, and that uh, everyone receives it, hallelujah, in its fullness. And I just thank you that we will respond to what you're saying, and that there will be much fruit that comes from uh, your word that goes forth today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Did you know that anything in us Okay, I want you to point to you that competes with the true and the living God and his way is really just an idol. And that's what I wanted to share with you today about who's your daddy. Okay, is your daddy, is he the Lord Jesus Christ? And he may very well be. We've said those kind of prayers, prayed those things, declared those things, and he is Lord. We're walking a Christian walk, doing the things that we know to do. Maybe you've never prayed that prayer, okay? Uh, and if you haven't, then you're for sure there are some idols, okay, that are in your life, okay? And so what we want to do is, okay, we want to focus in and note that our daddy, okay, our idols 
might be keeping us from what God okay, is calling us to do. Look at your neighbor and say, oh my. Okay? An idol is something that people devote themselves to or trust in for ultimate satisfaction or for ultimate security or for ultimate salvation. Okay, let that sink in. I'm going to say it again. An idol is something that people devote themselves to or that they trust in for ultimate satisfaction or ultimate security or ultimate salvation. An idol can be whatever you look at and you say in your heart of hearts, now, if I have that, then I'll feel my life has meaning. Uh, maybe then I'll know I have value. Then I'll feel significant. Or then I'll feel secure. You know, me being a teacher for so many years, I started in 1988. And one of the things that I had trouble with, okay, was the issue of whether I had the ability to teach in front of people because I did not like to be in front of people and I knew I had to deal with the issue, okay? When I was in school, don't you dare call on me, teacher. Mm -mm. I will hide. I will do everything I can. Okay, I know some of you are looking at me like, what? <laughs> it's not you now. But there was a time in which that was very much the case. Okay, but in order for me to overcome that, I came into the classroom, okay, according also with some help, you know, at college they said, you know, that do not smile for the first six months. That was what we were taught. Okay, and so that actually uh, brought fire to already something that was in me that I, in order for me to uh, do the class well, I have to control and have domineering, okay, uh, manipulation and uh, force, okay, upon everybody. And uh, I was actually, once I got looking at it, I, I was a dictator. I was pretty cruel, Okay, I won't go into the details, okay, but just know that, that I was fairly controlling, okay, and had a dictatorial, okay, mindset, okay. Uh, if someone was talking to themselves because they forgot their pencil, it fell to the floor or something, and they're going to pay, and they say, oh, why did I do that? I will say, are we talking? <laughs> Name on the board now. And it would stay on there for the whole week. That's just one little incident, okay? And I got to looking at that, and I thought, oh, man, that's not the way that a teacher should be, but I, this is the way I feel I have to be in order to be able to control the class so I can teach what I need to teach. And I did it for quite a few years. Look at your neighbor and say, yikes. Okay? But you know, the kids came back years later, and they said, oh, Mr. Hancock, you're the best teacher I ever had. I thought, really? Oh, my land. What did you, which class, are you sure you're, yeah. But you know what? I began to shift and change as the Holy Spirit began to talk to me and began to tell me that that issue of control was an idol in my life, okay? It was an idol, and it needed to be dealt with. Hallelujah. And so I began to deal with it, and I repented, and I began to change my mind about it. That's what repentance means. Change your mind afterward. You know something, okay, before, and this is the way you did it. When you repent, you switch your mind, turn it, and you go the other direction after you find out the truth. Amen? So that's what repentance is. Repentance is not screaming, yelling, falling all over the floor, rolling around, demand, you know, groveling. Oh, Jesus, please hear me. I'm so sorry. Blah, 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 blah. 
and goes on and on and on forever. In 45 minutes, you have to do it before God finally, finally hears you. Okay? That is not repentance. Repentance is changing your mind after. It's a lot different, isn't it? Hallelujah. So if you've been taught a little differently, note that there's a truth right now. So you can repent right now of what repentance was. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Idolatry is the activity or the pattern of giving anything or giving anyone an equal or higher priority in life than to God himself. I'm going to say that again. Idolatry is the activity or the pattern of giving anything or anyone an equal or higher priority in life than to God himself. And there could be all kinds of stuff that could uh, be included in that. You know, right there, if you lift up all those uh, candy bars right there. You know, uh, Sarge's daughter, you know, she's uh, uh, selling some candy bars, just as a little advertisement right there, if anyone's interested. And I, I took five of them. You know, those candy bars, you chocolate, okay? That can be a, an idol. It can be, okay? Used in moderation, it's fine. Just like a lot of other things, it's fine, okay? But when it becomes a source where everything is dictated, okay, because of that, okay, you can't run, do life without that, Okay, in some way, shape, or form, you might consider that maybe to be an idol of some kind, or you might have some idolatry taking place in your life. Amen? Hallelujah. Someone say amen. amen. Maybe you say, oh my. Okay, and so, uh, you know, I don't espouse all of uh, the teachings of this man. But I thought that uh, as I was studying this subject of idolatry, uh, uh, he shared something that I thought was worth uh, t uh, releasing to you this morning. Uh, Tim Keller, maybe you've heard of him before. Uh, his teachings, I, I don't espouse a lot of those, but here's something about idolatry that I thought was pretty amazing. He said, idolatry is anything more important to you than God. Anything that absorbs your heart and imagination more than God. Or anything you seek after to give you what only God can give. Okay? You know, I've learned, I'm still learning that just because I don't espouse everything that someone says doesn't mean that I can't accept anything from them. Okay? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay? <laughs> uh, idolatry is common around the world. And it's actually recorded in history from the very beginning. We've seen it. And so you see, idolatry is directly connected, get this, to who we worship and glorify while we live on this earth. What is our purpose for us living? Well, according to the word of God, we live to worship him. We live to glorify him while he, we are on this earth. But there is an enemy, hallelujah, and he is at work to try and slow that down or stop it altogether. Okay, and uh, that's when idolatry comes into the picture. Look at your neighbor and say, who's your daddy? In America, we may not be known for carved images or, or statues of gods, although I've seen a few of those recently, <laughs> uh, but we do deal with idolatry. Okay, we do deal with idolatry, but not in that form that we're so used to thinking about. Uh, if you'll put up the first scripture from Exodus chapter 20, verse number 3, we know the scripture well, we know the scenario very well, we know the character uh, who's talked about in this particular scripture, uh, and it is God speaking to Moses. 
and uh, he has gone up the mountain. The people of God have crossed the Red Sea. They're camped at the foot of Mount Sinai. God has, uh, is calling Moses to go up, and he gives him the Ten Commandments. Everyone say the Ten Commandments. And the first commandment, everyone say the first commandment. The first commandment was, you shall have no other gods before me. I think it's rather interesting that he would put that as number one. Okay? Number one, above all of them, okay, I want you to know this. Don't put any gods before me. Hallelujah. And look at your neighbor and say, don't do that. Now, idolatry is a major theme in the Bible. Just about everywhere you look in the Bible from beginning to end, there's some form of idolatry going on. So there's got to be some understanding in you and I that there could be, everyone say could be, some idolatry that's in our lives that we may not even, uh, even know about. But I'm trusting the Holy Spirit right now to begin to shine light upon those areas so that we can deal with that today. He will do it in absolute love with absolute grace. He will show the absolute mercy that he's known for. And then we, hallelujah, receive the greatness okay, of being brought out of that and into greater places where he wants us to be. Amen? Hallelujah. I'm reminded of 2 Corinthians that talks about that we go from glory to glory with ever-increasing glory. Hallelujah. We're learning how to walk more in line with Him. Hallelujah. So I want to uh, just reiterate, idolatry is a major theme in the Bible. Okay? It's talked about over and over. We gloss over it so often. Okay? Yeah, well, that's idolatry. That's carvings and, and uh, things like that. It's not either. Okay, we'll find about it in just a few moments. It's a poisonous imitation of the real thing. Let that sink in. In the garden, it was the alternative that Satan offered Adam and Eve. Here, you need the knowledge of good and evil. Just unplug from life. Here's the alternative. Idolatry, right there. He's all about it. Okay, and it comes, okay, it's tricky. Look at your neighbor and say tricky. Of course, that's who God, Satan is. He is the tri he's the trickster. He's the deceiver. He's the father of all lies. He knows how to do it. Hallelujah. And he'll capture us sometimes when we least expect it. I'm not trying to make you afraid of him, but I'm just letting you know he's clever. And, of course, you've been given the wisdom of God so that when it comes, okay, and he comes knocking, you'll have some awareness. Go, mm, I think not. Okay? But then there are times we've allowed it. Okay? For whatever reason. So, let's go a little bit further. Look at your neighbor and say, let's go a little bit further in this. <coughs> Excuse me. Recently, there was a song that uh, Vineyard uh, put out. And it's kind of captured uh, my, my life, and it's drawn me beautifully in some ways. But in other ways, it's caused me to uh, show that I have some idolatry that I still need to deal with. And I wanted to share a few of those verses with you, if I could. The title of the song is called, You Have Our Yes. And part of the, some of the verses go like this. Our rights and our freedoms, our flags and our kingdoms, all of our idols must bow. Our rights. I have this right. This is my right. Our freedoms. I'm free to do whatever I want to. Okay? Our flags. This is who I am, and you can't change me from who I am and what I want to be. Our kingdoms. This is my domain, and you don't cross my domain. Here's another verse. Our selfish ambition for power and position. 
We're all about power. Gimme, gimme, gimme. We're all about money. More, more, more. Okay, we're all about position. I've got to have a label. I've got to be in a position, you know, where I can look down upon everyone else and claim my lordship and my dominion over. Huh. You have our yes. Our lives confess that Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. We'll take up the cross no matter the cost. Hallelujah. To love those who hate us, embracing our neighbors. You know, we've gone through the last several years and we've kind of allowed that to kind of not be there. Well, it's COVID. We can't do that. The word is still the word. And there's got to be some way that we've still got to do those things where we're still laying our lives down for the poor and the needy. Oh, can't do that. Okay, I might get cooties. Okay, can't go there. They're a little dirty. Hmm? Were you maybe dirty once? Of course, uh, if you didn't know Jesus, you were dirty through and through. And none of your good works was going to be worth anything. So we've all been in that place, and now we have the opportunity to now share, okay, and give out to whomever. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, whomever. Hallelujah. And so what we want to do is we want to hear, okay, and understand that there can be idols going on in our life to prevent us from doing the things that God's called us to do. The cross is our call and our only allegiance. Our cross is our call and our only allegiance. Here's this. Our holy commitment in body and spirit is to honor you, Jesus, as Lord. Hallelujah. There's that. That's what we're here for. That's what we're on earth for. To bring him honor and glory and worship him. Hallelujah. Lord, you can have my all. Here it is, Lord. Send me. Here I am, Lord. It's no longer me who lives, but it's Christ in me who lives. No longer I who live. Hallelujah. Who's your daddy? Who's the one who is Lord over your life? Look at the individual parts of who you are. Allow the Holy Spirit to go down that hallway of your heart. And, and uh, open up some doors that maybe you've had closed for a long time. You didn't want to open it because you knew there was something naughty in there. Or you know that there's something that shouldn't be there. And you're saying, no, 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 Jesus can't go in there. No, no, we don't want to discuss that, okay? And that's the very thing that we need to do because Jesus knows how to take care of it perfectly. The idols in our lives and all around us must bow. Hallelujah. Our holy commitment as children of God is to honor the lordship of Jesus. But idolatry makes that commitment difficult to walk out because we're divided. We're divided. We have more than one love vying for our attention. Get what I'm trying to say? There's a struggle. There's a battle. We've covered idolatry the last few minutes, ladies and gentlemen. But now let's discuss another subject that Jesus focused quite a bit on while he was on this earth. And those are the issues of the heart. Everyone say the issues of the heart. 
And believe me, those two subjects, they go together very, very well. Okay, Pastor Dan has emphasized Jesus' focus on the condition of the heart. The New Testament focuses in a lot on the condition of the heart. It's not about what you do, what you say, and everything. It's what's in your heart. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, issues of the heart. And now in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 on the board, you know that scripture quite well. Everyone say, quite well. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, it says, Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows from it. Hallelujah. I underlined heart for a reason. I'll get to it in a moment. But the God's Word translation says it this way, Guard your heart more than anything else, because the source of your life flows from it. And I looked up heart throughout this whole message, and I found out that the word heart is almost the same, both Old Testament and New Testament throughout. And you know what it deals with? It deals with your feelings. It deals with your will. It deals with your information. It deals with your mind. It deals with your soul. Have we heard about this before? It's the condition of your soul, the condition of your heart. Because remember, if it's your spirit. If you, if you know Christ Jesus... Your spirit's already in line with him, and that's not going to change. Your body one day is going to get fully saved when it comes to meet its maker, Jesus. But it's your soul that is in the place of being transformed by the renewing from day to day. The word has to get in. We go before the Father and we ask him to change our mind about things. We ask him to change our will. We ask him to change the feelings and cause the feelings to be in balance. Everyone say in balance. And so we find out that the heart is really speaking about the soul. Everyone say the soul. So I want to reread Proverbs 4.23 and use the word soul instead of heart. Really, let's go. Above all else, guard your soul, for everything you do flows from it. Because it's constantly being changed, and that's the very place where the enemy has entrance. Enemy can't touch your spirit. He can afflict your body at times, unless you have dominion over it, and you say, out in the name of Jesus. And your soul, you cannot cast out your soul. That's what you have to walk out. And it takes for the rest of your days. Now we'd like for it to just lay hands on me, Pastor. And you know, just lay and pray that prayer in the name of Jesus. Bam! And you know what? Every once in a while it will. It'll take care of the issue. Because it also was a spiritual one. But if it's a soul issue... You can cast it out all you want to, and it's not going to change anything. It's something you're going to have to walk out. Everyone say, walk out. And we don't like that. We want it to be taken care of now, okay? Because we got places to go, people to see, and things to do, okay? Now, in Hebrews 4.12, everyone say Hebrews 4.12. We know this scripture very well. We found out in Proverbs, it says that the issues of the heart are what we're looking for because out of it flow the issues of life that we deal with. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 12, it talks about the word deals with the issues of your heart too. It says, for the word of God is alive and active. It's not dead. For those of you who say that the word is boring, you've never read the word. Not with the Holy Spirit helping you. Sharper, it's sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing of soul and spirit. 
joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the what? The heart. Hmm. Did I underline heart? No, not in that one. Heart. I looked up heart. Guess what it is? It's your soul. It separates, okay, the attitudes and the motives of the soul. What was your intention for doing that? Was it really for a godly reason? Hallelujah. Father is looking toward the heart as well. We got Jesus doing, got the, the word doing it. We've got, you know, even Proverbs talks about it. Gee, uh, God the Father talks about it too. And if you go to 2 Chronicles chapter 16, verse number 9, it says, For the eyes of the Lord range throughout the earth to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. But you've done a foolish thing, and from now on you will be at war. Look back at that verse, that part. Did I underline all? Yeah, I did. Whose hearts are fully committed to him. He's looking to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. You know what hearts is right there? Your soul. Hallelujah. He wants to strengthen your soul. He wants to bring life to your soul. Okay? So we want to make sure that we understand that the word of God, Father God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, they're all in alignment, okay, with make, making sure your soul, hallelujah, is a healthy soul. Third John 2 says, brethren, I pray that you would be in health and prosper even as your soul prospers. So if your soul is not prosperous, nothing else will be prosperous. That's why there's such a big thing about your heart, your soul. Okay? Because that's the part that is forming you and causing you to be more like or not more like him. Look at your neighbor and say, oh my. Now we've looked into idolatry and we've discussed the issues of the heart. So how are they related? Look at your neighbor and just say, how? Well, let's look into some, uh, th uh, some place in the Old Testament from Ezekiel chapter 14. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter 14, and we find the following scripture. We're going to go from verses 1 through 8. You know, we're a church that believes in going through the word, not just cherry pick a scripture out and then not know what anything else says around it, okay? We go through the whole context so that we can get a picture of what's going on. So this is what's taking place. Okay, uh, the Israelites have been naughty, so they've gone into exile, you know, that kind of thing. It happened over and over and over again. And uh, uh, then there were some of those Jewish leaders, okay, that were with Ezekiel, and they thought, okay, that because uh, that they were, had gone through all the horrible things they had gone through, you know, uh, that they might be in a better position to receive from God than maybe the uh, uh, Jewish leaders who were back in Israel. And so they were approaching uh, Ezekiel saying, yeah, we need a word from God. We need a word from God. Probably they needed a word from God to maybe, quote unquote, God, so that uh, it could be confirming what they think they already know, okay, so they can feel better, okay? And so here's the scripture. Some of the elders of Israel came to me and sat down in front of me. Then the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, these men have set up idols in their hearts. Idols, idolatry, hearts. Okay? In their hearts and put stumbling blocks, wicked stumbling blocks before their faces. Should I let them inquire of me at all? 
Therefore, speak to them and tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. When any of the Israelites set up idols in their hearts and put a wicked stumbling block before their faces and then go to a prophet, I, the Lord, will answer them myself in keeping with their great idolatry. I will do this to recapture the hearts of the people of Israel. Hallelujah. Who have all deserted me for their idols. Therefore, say to the people of Israel, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Repent, turn from your idols and renounce all your detestable practices. Now, you've got to remember that when we read the Old Testament, we've got to look at Old Testament scriptures with New Testament eyes. Repeat what I just said. Looking at Old Testament scriptures with New Testament eyes. Think of all the things that Jesus has done, all that he went through, died on the cross, rose again from the grave to alleviate a lot of the stuff that you see in the Old Testament, to fulfill Hallelujah, what the Old Testament was talking about. So all the laws and regulations, Jesus said now it's a condition of the heart and it can be dealt with. Okay, hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say it can be dealt with. Always, always, always there is a redemptive purpose with God. Always, always, always there is a redemptive purpose with God. Hallelujah. You've got idolatry going on in your heart. There is a redemptive plan. Hallelujah. He has a plan and it's today. You don't have to continue worrying about if idolatry is happening in your life. Hallelujah. It can be dealt with today. Look at your neighbor and say, well, that's good news. Now let's look at Ezekiel 14.3 in specifics. Okay, Son of man, these leaders have set up idols in their hearts. They have embraced things. Here's the, it's a different version. They have embraced things that will make them fall into sin. They know it's going to take them into sin, but they still want to dabble in it. They still want to do it. Maybe there's something in you that you know that you shouldn't dabble in it, but you do anyway. Okay, there you go. That's an idol. That's idolatry. Everyone say idolatry. Okay. Why should I listen to the request, says God? <laughs> These Jewish leaders, by the way, they were showing an outward practice of true worship. They, they looked like they had it all together. Okay. Outwardly, it all looked right. Okay. But inwardly, their hearts were idolatrous. Why? Because there was another daddy that was vying for their attention, pulling upon them and taking them in a wrong direction. How many of you know that you can put it on a pretty good face? Am I right? Maybe some of you came in that way this morning. Okay. I can't believe that you just... And then you come into church. Hallelujah, we're doing great. Woo! Ooh, you lie, you lie. We love you anyway, because we probably did the same thing. Now, a person can maintain all the outside features of faithful worship of God while harboring idolatry in their heart. Okay? Now, let's look at Matthew chapter 15, verse number 8. Okay? And it confirms this. It says, uh, Jesus said... These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Again, every time we've talked about heart, I've looked it up. Every time, it's really your what? Your soul. 
your mind, your will, your emotions. Okay? So it says here, these people honor me with their lips, but their souls are far from me. There's another love that's pulled them aside and drawing them away. Hallelujah. Now, who was Jesus speaking to? Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew 15 from the very beginning. Mr. Hancock, what do you mean? We're going to read the whole thing? Okay, well, we like to read slots, you know, of Scripture so we know what's being taught. Hallelujah. Then some Pharisees and teachers of the law, that's who he was talking to, came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, Why do your disciples break the tradition of the elders? Why, they don't wash their hands before they eat. <gasps> God forbid. Of course, we have a few kinds of things like that, too. Don't you sit in my church seat, don't you know? That's mine. My brother, my sister and I, sitting in the back seat. Back then you had bench seats. How many of you remember bench seats? Okay. And my mom and dad literally had to say, there is a line that goes halfway down this bench. Don't either one of you cross that line. It is unholy. It is ungodly. It is a sin to go across that line. Don't touch. Don't even look like you're going to touch or go across that line. Get the idea? <laughs> we have our traditions and we think that they're absolutely, okay, and there's no changing it. Okay, so that's what they were doing. Jesus replied, And why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? For God has said, Honor your father and your mother, and anyone who curses their father and mother is to be put to death. But you say that if anyone declares that what might have been used to help their mother or father is, oh, quote, devoted to God, they are not to honor their father and mother with it. So, you nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. He was just a little perturbed at that moment. He saw their idolatry. Hallelujah. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. Verse 8, what we looked at. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They honor me with their lips, but their what? Souls are not are far from me. They worship me in vain and their teachings are merely human rules. Jesus went on to share, as, he, as we move along, uh, that washing hands doesn't defile people at all when you think about it. It's the issues of the heart, the issues of the soul. Look at verse number 17. Okay? Even the disciples, they were having some troubles with all this. And uh, Jesus finally said, Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these things defile them. For out of the heart, out of the soul, out of your mind, your will, and your emotions, come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. You get the picture, don't you? Verse 20, these are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands doesn't defile them. Hallelujah. Get the picture? Hallelujah. Jesus was looking at the issue of your soul. He's saying, who's your daddy? Who is in your life? Who's vying for my attention? 
Scripture warns us consistently that idolatry is destructive in the end and that we are to turn from it to the glorious lordship of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now, when situations in life become uncertain or difficult, and I, I get this, I've had the same thing, we tend to grab hold of the old. We tend to grab hold of the familiar. We tend to grab hold of the temporary paths, the ones that we're familiar with, the ones that we already know, the idolatrous paths. And, and uh, we might declare, oh, if only I had more money, or only if I had more friends, or maybe if I had more experiences, or maybe if I had more achievements, then I'll be happy and I'll be content. Idolatry is going to be right around the corner when you start walking and talking that kind of way. Uh, does that make sense to everyone? But why is that true? Because you're shifting your focus away from Jesus and you're placing it on the temporary and you're placing it on inadequate pleasures of the present time. Okay? Holy Spirit, I'm praying that right now you're speaking to every person, showing them maybe some idols that might be in their heart. And that might be part of the reason why they've not experienced the full walk of Christ that has been theirs all along. It's not to demean you. It's not to condemn you. It's not to uh, make you feel awful. It is meant to convict you and to bring you to the place where... Uh, you can go before a God who loves you dearly and say, and he says, here, let me take that from you. And here's me in, my, in place of that. The great exchange. Everyone say the great exchange. You see, we live in a society of instant gratification. Okay? Feelings, instant gratification. I want it when? Now. I want it. Burger King Express. Okay? All right? And, and feelings. Okay? Emotions. Feelings. Whoa, 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 feelings. Opinions. We all have our opinions. And of course, every opinion about every single thing that could ever come up. And of course, every opinion has got to be a fact. Okay? And so we've got to express that, you know. Okay? And uh, what's in it for me? Kind of attitude, right? And, and if, uh, if I don't get anything out of this, I'm out of here. Hmm. These things open the door to idolatry. What do they do? What do they open the door to? And idolatry dulls your spiritual hearing. And it can harden your heart to the things of God. And God's heart is not for you to walk in that dimension. He needs men and women who are ready in this upcoming season when the enemy will come at full force because he knows his time is short and he needs a body, he needs a bride, hallelujah, who is ready to take on whatever comes their way so that in the end Jesus is given glory and the people of God see victory at every hand. Amen? Come on, give him glory. Hallelujah. Now, the big reason there's idolatry in many is because we still want to be in control. Okay? The reason for wanting to be in control is because, really, we don't trust God like we need to. We just don't trust His way. We don't trust His word. We'd like to. We hope to. But there is a place in which you can trust God so implicitly that all you need to do is go before him 
And the, a, a trust begins to develop. Why? Because you're developing a relationship with him. You begin to talk to him. You begin to sing to him. He begins to sing to you. He begins to talk to you. And you begin to know him. And he begins to know you. And out of that, you begin a trust relationship. Hallelujah. Those others, those other idols, those other gods, those other daddies, okay, they're, they're, you begin to trust in them. And there can be no trust in God. Because you do one or you do the other. Hallelujah. When our Lord knocks on the door of our heart, the idolatry in us starts a battle within to maintain control. Did you hear me? Many times we hold on to the idols because they affect our identity. Because this is who I thought I was. And you're trying to take it from me? Oh, I'm not going there. Okay, and so, and we don't want to release who we thought we were. Kind of reminds me of the Lord of the Rings movie, one of the characters. When you got, I can't even remember his name. He goes, my precious, my precious. Okay, he's holding on, isn't he? It's precious, okay? Sometimes we hold on to idolatry, those idols. Why? Because they're actually part of our identity. And if we get rid of it, then we don't know who we are. Hallelujah. But our God is calling us. He's calling our, that all of our idols must bow. What must they do? They must bow. We can't serve two daddies. Okay? Now, Matthew chapter 6, verse number 24. Hallelujah. Let's go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 24. It says, No one can be a slave of two masters, since either he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot be slaves of God and of mammon. Hallelujah. You've got to serve one or the other. Look at your neighbor and say, serve one or the other. And I trust that you want to serve your Lord, Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, 21 is the last uh, verse that I'm going to cover. Hallelujah. In this message. 1 John chapter 5, verse 21. John is, is writing a little letter okay, to those that he loves. And it's the last thing in that letter that he says. The last thing. What was the first commandment? What was the first commandment? Don't put any idols before me. And then the last thing that John says in this letter is, Little children, guard yourselves from idols. It is found all the way through the word from beginning to end. We deal with idolatry. And just because we can't see it with our eyes, okay, like gold and silver idols or, or uh, carved things, and then we bow down and worship it, although I've been to some other countries where that has happened. Okay, I went to Mexico a few years, and toward the end of uh, October, there's a, a, a day that's called the Day of the Dead. And they literally erect uh, skeletons that are 15 feet tall and clothe them in various clothes. And they become almost like people. And some of them are erected in the middle of sidewalks with a little robe, okay, spread out before it, and a little basket. And the basket is filled with money and things. They have been worshiping that thing. It's still going on today. Little children, guard yourselves from idols. In other words, protect yourself from idolatry. Hallelujah. Because it can happen. Hallelujah. Everyone get what I'm trying to say? 
Hallelujah. Now there's a, uh, I don't know if you've noticed, okay, but some of the signs that are out in the foyer have changed. You ought to take a look at some of them. Hallelujah. Someone's like, what? I didn't know we even had signs out there. Oh yeah, we, we have signs out there. Various different kinds, okay? One of them I pulled out today because it goes pretty much hand in hand with what I'm teaching on today. The earthly, it's by Augustine from the book called City of God. And it says, the earthly city, in parentheses, has made for herself, according to her heart's desire, false gods out of any sources at all, even out of human beings. Why? That she might adore them with sacrifices. Okay? Idolatry pulls you away from the lordship of Jesus Christ and causes you to begin to sacrifice and spend your time and spend your money, spend your resources and spend your thoughts and spend your everything upon that rather than on the one who created you and the one who has given you purpose and the one who has a future for you. Hallelujah. The one who says that I will give you more than you could ever imagine or think. And yet we're so excited about the idol, the other thing, that one that vies for attention. And I am here to tell you that today's your day to uh, deal with that idol. Hallelujah. So in the end, who's your daddy? Is he the Lord Jesus? Is there idolatry that needs to bow this morning? I'm trusting that the Holy Spirit has shown you possibly some things already that you Okay, have realized that might be an idol in your life. Let's maybe look at a few of those as we enter into, hallelujah, our ministry time. Let's deal with that idolatry. Let's take care of it, hallelujah. Some things you have to be rather a little crude to and rather a little abrupt with. And so that's what we're going to be doing today. Hallelujah, amen. Hallelujah. There is hope. Look at your neighbor and say, there is hope. This message was not to make you feel demoralized and make you feel like you there's no way out. No, it's meant to say that there is a way out and his name is Jesus and he knows what to do. He knows how to deal with that idol or idols and cause you to become everything that he's called you to be. Amen? Hallelujah. Now let's bow our heads first and I feel prompted, hallelujah, to pray uh, those online or if you're even here. And if you do not know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, hallelujah, there is definitely idols going on in your life because Jesus is not Lord. Hallelujah. And so without any further ado, I'm going to pray. And Father, I thank you that if there's anyone here today who doesn't know you, Father God, they've never prayed the prayer that says, Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me of my sin. I have idols in my life and I don't want them anymore. I want you as Lord and master and boss of my heart and my life, my soul, my everything. And I will serve you the rest of my days. Hallelujah. That's where I desire to go. And so, Father, if there's anyone here, Father, I pray that you're stirring and moving upon their hearts right now. Hallelujah. To have that happen to them. So if you're in this place here today and you know that you need Jesus, hallelujah, you just slip your hand up just very quickly and I will see that hand and you may put it right back down. Hallelujah. God is pricking your heart and he's saying, now's the day. Today's the day of salvation for you. Hallelujah. One last time. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Now, Father, let's, let's pray together. Say, Father, 
I come to you, a sinner. I ask that you forgive me of all the wrong things I've done. Come into my heart. Live. Abide. Stay. I confess that you are my Lord, my boss. I will serve you the rest of my days. And I thank you for it now. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, come on, let's give him glory. God's word says that there is a lot, a big party going on when people come to know the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, we're not done yet. Look at your neighbor and say, we're not done. Hallelujah. Now, I want to let you know, Jesus came to redeem us just like he did for those who prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. He came to restore us like many of us are going to be experiencing. He came to refine us, uh, purge us with fire so that what is left is pure. Hallelujah. He came to repair us uh, and he came to bring us into unity with himself so that there is no more idolatry to go on. But we are one with him. Amen. Hallelujah. There is no idol. There is nothing that is bigger than my God. Hallelujah. No idol. Hallelujah. Look at yourself and say, idol, you're not big enough. God's big, bigger than you. It's time to go. It's time to vacate. Hallelujah. Amen. We're going to take a little time to pray and let Jesus start a restoring work on us right now. Amen. Hallelujah. Now I want you to quiet your, your, your person. Okay. And I want you to focus in and be as though there may not be anyone else in here, just you and Jesus. Everyone just say, you and I, Jesus. Just close your eyes if you have to so that there's no other distraction going on. We don't like quiet as a general rule. Always something has to be going Appreciate. I believe God is working even now. Searching hearts. Looking for those whose souls are fully committed to him. And when he looks at your soul, will he find a vying love? Will he find another daddy? Just pray after me. Lord, your word says I shouldn't have any other gods before you. My desire is to place you first in my life each day. I confess that I've not always loved you with all that's in me. Please forgive me for this. Reveal any places in me where you are not Lord. Holy Spirit, I thank you right now that you're doing just that. You're searching. You're putting the spotlight on. You're not here to condemn anyone. You're not here to make everyone feel awful. You're here to convict. And you do the conviction with all love and with all grace and in all mercy.
just a few more moments. Doesn't matter what age you are. I've had little kids go through this and God speaks to them, shows them. No one's out of reach, not one. You're not too young, you're not too old. If you sense that God has said something to you about this message, just raise your hand just briefly. Just put it ahead and put it back. If you haven't yet, then just receive the peace of God that passes all understanding. Now, I want you to prayerfully consider some areas where people or things may have become more important to you than God. I have a list of some different uh, things or people that are up on the, the board presented before you. But the Holy Spirit may have already shown you something that's not even listed up there on the board. Many of these things in moderation aren't wrong, as we've talked about before. But the problem comes when they take the place of God in our hearts. Okay? Maybe it's ambition. Maybe it's your career. Maybe it's power, control, like me. Financial security. Everything's about the finances. Your life moves and uh, revolves around those finances. Money, 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 money. Maybe it's uh, any substance that goes on. Drugs. Whatever that might be. Whatever it looks like. Maybe it's your spouse. You can't, you can't, go, to, can't go anywhere without your drugs. Can't go anywhere. Can't do anything without this. Okay, maybe it's uh, dealing with family, like your spouse or children, parents. Life revolves around them. Maybe it's boyfriend, girlfriend. If you want to be careful about it. I have a very lovely girlfriend. But I want to keep in track. She's not my idol. Your husband, your wife, they better not be equal or better or higher than God himself. Your children, they better not be or they'll rule the house. How about approval? Your appearance. I know a few people in years gone by, it's all about the appearance. They cannot survive without knowing that they look just so-so. How about your hobbies? Entertainment. Now, I understand some of these, that might be your job. That might be your career doing certain things. Your job might be an entertainer. So I'm not talking about that, but even that can take you out of place if you, if you allow it. Food. Video games. Television, movies. Sleep. Activities. Sports. Ministry. Famous celebrities. Physical fitness. Governmental policies. Politics. It can all be taken too far. Holy Spirit, show. Show up as you always do. I trust that the Holy Spirit has shown you something. Now, the Bible tells us to confess our sin. 
and to repent from any areas of idolatry. So let's go ahead and do that right now, okay? Yeah, it's getting ready to happen just now. Hallelujah. Are you ready? Now, repent. Remember, what does repent mean? It means to change your mind afterward. You've heard the word. Hallelujah. Now it's time to change your mind. Okay, this is what I used to think. Now I think this way. That's repenting. Hallelujah. So I want us to begin to pray this. But I want you to pray this on your own. And I'm going to be quiet for a few minutes. Does everyone understand? I'm going to be quiet for a few minutes. And I want you in the blank to put in whatever that idol, whatever idolatry that is, whatever form that takes. Maybe it's several. Maybe someone said, all of it, all of it. Then just say, everything, Lord, any idolatry. Take care of all of it. God can do it. It's not too much for him. And in that little line right there, just put in. And then just pray this out. You don't have to do it exactly. This is just an example. And by the way, you don't have to close your eyes in order to pray right. You can stare and you can look at and drink in and say yes to that. Yeah, that's me. So we just begin. Just love on him for a minute. Just tell him thank you. Some of you find this really kind of awkward because normally we don't flow this way. By the way, some of you may think, well, if we're, if we're trying to cast out things, well, we got to get loud. you got to scream it, okay? That's all, the only way the devil's here. No, uh-uh. You have the name of Jesus. You have the authority that's behind that name. You have delegated authority, and you don't have to yell it. You can speak it. Let's go to that very last line. 
okay? In the name. I want everyone to share it out because you can even see it right there. Are you ready? In the name. Ready? Go. In the name and the authority of Jesus Christ, the power of idolatry in my life is broken. Amen. Now, thank him. Just lift your hands in the air and thank him right now that it is done. That issue of idolatry, whatever it is, combination, the idolatry goes. It has vacated. It is no longer your source, but your God is your source. He is life to you. You have unplugged from the knowledge of good and evil, and you've plugged into life, the source of all things. Hallelujah. You have just uh, dived into, let's say, hallelujah, the river of life. Hallelujah. And those little idols that kept you from diving in are now gone. And now you can enjoy the fruit that comes from walking and living in that life. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Now look at your neighbor and say, that was amazing. Hallelujah. Now come on, let's give him glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Sarge. message is awesome message all right praise god all right in malachi 3 8 to 10 the lord instructs the people to bring the tithe into his storehouse but why does god do this when he needs nothing from anyone he owns everything why would god want us to tithe what principle is he trying to teach us god is trying to teach us to put him first and rely on him and when we do that one Our faith is tested and then increases. We reap more than we sow as he gives seed to the sower. Our witness can be seen and obedience always brings blessing. Hallelujah, hallelujah. David said in Psalm 37, 25, I once was young, now I'm, and this is out of the Message Bible, I once was young, now I'm a gray beard. Not once have I seen an abandoned believer or his kids out roaming the streets. God loves a cheerful giver. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So we have several ways to give in person, in person, and uh, by text and online. Praise God. All right. And we have a, uh, an offering bucket in the back. And you can put checks in there if you want to. Okay. All right. Praise God. All right. Okay. Also, now we've got some announcements. Uh, as Pastor Kelly said earlier today, he did these mostly just as a reminder. Okay. Um, <laughs> this Wednesday at 7, we're talking about the book of Genesis from Hillsdale College. It's taught by a professor from Hillsdale College. Uh, it's five weeks long, uh, short video with discussion following. Um, and the five weeks are going to be uh, one, Adam and Eve, Abraham, Sarah, and Hagar, uh, Abraham and Isaac, Jacob and Esau, and Joseph, okay? And then uh, we also have a water baptism September 10th next week, and you can sign up with a, a Connect card, okay? So will everybody stand so we can go ahead and be dismissed? Well, what, one more thing. Yeah, also, um, I, okay. All right. um, I just want to make sure everyone knows once a month, Everyone say once a month. Once a month. We also uh, focus in on um, 
missions. And, and this week we focus in on India. Okay, and in India we have two ministries. Uh, both of them are, are related. They're family members. Uh, last name of Easterdoss. Uh, one of them was here several years ago. Beautiful men of God. They have beautiful families. One of, the, one of them, Blessing, is his name. First name, Blessing. <laughs> and, and he's got one a child that's called Anointing. And one's called Precious. I mean, it's just cool. <laughs> but they have orphanages. One has a, a, a school. And been a lot of turmoil in India. Okay, with their, their uh, uh, Hindu leader. And, and so uh, a lot of churches have been burned down. Homes, Christian homes have been uh, ransacked and uh, um, just burned down. And so we want to be praying for all of these that are in India. Amen? Hallelujah. So, yeah. Was there anything else I needed to remember? Okay, go ahead. Finish off. Father God, we, we just thank you for this opportunity to gather, to hear your word, Father God. And to be gone with all these idols in our lives. Father, we thank you as we go out this week. Ask you to watch over everyone. Draw us closer and closer and help us to remember the word, Lord, and to, to work on it, Lord. And we know that you're going to perform the difference. And we just praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. One last thing also. Brad made copies of that prayer that we saw at the very end. And they're available there on the back if you want it. It's just like a half sheet, okay? But if you would like, you know, a copy or two copies, okay? Or if you want to share the same message and then pass out the copies to people, go for it and do it, okay? There's 50 copies there, so there's plenty, okay? So pass it out. Don't just give it to a person and then they wonder what to do. You better be sharing the message then, all right? Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. You may go. Be blessed.